Open thou my lips, and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. Make haste, O God, to deliver me. Make haste to help me, O Lord. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Alleluia. The true God, one in three, and three in one. O come, let us worship him. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving, and make a joyful noise unto him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God, and a great King above all gods. In his hand are the deep places of the earth, the strength of the hills is his also. It is his, and he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down, let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. For He is our God, and we are the people of His pasture and the sheep of His hand. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, Ever shall be world without end. Amen. The true God, one in three and three in one. O come, let us worship him.
We have thought of thy loving kindness, O God, in the midst of thy temple. According to thy name, O God, so is thy praise unto the ends of the earth. Thy right hand is full of righteousness. Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised, in the city of our God, in the mountain of his holiness. God is known in her palaces for a refuge. Let Mount Zion rejoice. Let the daughters of Judah be glad because of thy judgments. For this God is our God for ever and ever. He will be our guide even unto death. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. We have thought of thy loving kindness, O God, in the midst of thy temple. According to thy name, O God, so is thy praise unto the ends of the earth. Thy right hand is full of righteousness. The Old Testament lesson for the eighth Sunday after Trinity is written in the 23rd chapter of Jeremiah, beginning at the 16th verse. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, Hearken not unto the words of the prophets that prophesy unto you. They make you vain. They speak a vision of their own heart, and not out of the mouth of the Lord. They say still unto them that despise me, The Lord hath said, You shall have peace. And they say unto everyone that walketh after the imagination of his own heart, No evil shall come upon you. For who hath stood in the counsel of the Lord, and hath perceived and heard his word? Who hath marked his word and heard it? Behold, a whirlwind of the Lord is gone forth in fury, even a grievous whirlwind. It shall fall grievously upon the head of the wicked. The anger of the Lord shall not return until he have executed, until he have performed the thoughts of his heart. In the latter days ye shall consider it perfectly. I have not sent these prophets, yet they ran. I have not spoken to them, yet they prophesied. But if they had stood in my counsel, and had caused my people to hear my words, then they should have turned them from their evil way, and from the evil of their doings. Am I a God at hand, saith the Lord, and not a God afar off? Can any hide himself in secret places that I shall not see him, saith the Lord? Do not I fill heaven and earth, saith the Lord? I have heard what the prophets said, that prophesy lies in my name, saying, I have dreamed, I have dreamed. How long shall this be in the heart of the prophets that prophesy lies? Yea, they are prophets of the deceit of their own heart, which think to cause my people to forget my name by their dreams, which they tell every man to his neighbor, as their fathers have forgotten my name for Baal. The prophet that hath a dream, let him tell a dream. And he that hath my word, let him speak my word faithfully. What is the chaff to the wheat, saith the Lord? Is not my word like as a fire, saith the Lord, and like a hammer that breaketh a rock in pieces? O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. The epistle is written in the eighth chapter of Romans, beginning at the twelfth verse. So then, brothers, we are debtors, not to the flesh to live after the flesh. For if you live after the flesh, you must die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are children of God. For you didn't receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. 
The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified with him. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. Be thou my strong rock, for an house of defense to save me. In thee, O Lord, do I put my trust. Let me never be ashamed. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. Alleluia, give ear, O my people, to my law. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. Alleluia. The Holy Gospel is according to St. Matthew, the seventh chapter. Glory be to thee, O Lord. Jesus said, Beware of the false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravening wolves. By their fruits you will know them. Do you gather grapes from thorns or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree produces good fruit, but the corrupt tree produces evil fruit. A good tree can't produce evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree produce good fruit. Every tree that doesn't grow good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits you will know them. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will tell me in that day, Lord, Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name, in your name cast out demons, and in your name do many mighty works? Then I will tell them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who work iniquity. Here ends the gospel. Praise be to thee, O Christ. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Lord, I have loved the habitation of thy house and the place where thine honor dwelleth. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Ghost. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You have become slaves of God. That's what we heard last week from St. Paul in Romans 6 about how we are slaves to God. Paul was describing in human terms our relationship to God, that we were conceived and born as slaves to sin, but by the Spirit we have become slaves to God, which is true. We are obliged to God to render our bodies, our possessions, our time to Him. However, the language and that image of being slaves, even to God, is unsettling. Because slavery doesn't describe freedom, it describes bondage. It doesn't apply a person can act by his will, but under intense, terrible coercion, even often against his will. Overall, it's hard to receive that image of being slaves as having any comfort. Yet, that is why Paul said last week that he was speaking in human terms. In the experience and language of a fallen world, which we can understand to describe something holier. And in a certain aspect, in a certain way, Paul is right. We are slaves of God. But that's only a partial truth about our relationship with God. It's not the whole truth. Today, Paul gets to the whole truth. He says, you, he means the church, you. All of you have received the spirit of adoption as sons. We are children of God, heirs of God. So Paul is saying, yes, we are slaves of God, but even more true, we are children of God. 
Now, how can this be? Well, St. Paul proclaims when he starts our epistle lesson today, so then, brothers, we are debtors. Now, before Paul gets to the part of the passage where he says we are sons of God, he first says, we are debtors. But the way we are debtors reveals how we are sons of God. So Paul says, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. So then we are debtors, but no longer to the flesh not by way of the law of God. In the small catechism, explaining the first article of the creed on God the Father Almighty, we confess that God has made us and all we have and that he defends us and that for all this, it is our duty to thank and praise, serve and obey him. But we can't fulfill that first article duty by living according to the flesh. It's not possible for us to do it while we are indebted to the flesh and slaves to sin because our flesh wants nothing to do with thanking, praising, serving, or obeying God. Instead, for the person who lives according to the flesh, his flesh makes idols of himself or creatures or money. The flesh would rather listen to the words of seduction of the world and, and the devil than the word of God. Our flesh would rather live in anarchy and chaos than be told what to do by authorities that God has set in place. Our flesh would rather shame and kill and lust and steal and lie and covet than serve and obey God. The flesh wants to think, pray, serve, and obey itself and the sin which corrupts it. Paul says to those living according to the flesh, you will die. But really the Greek is even stronger. In the Greek he is saying, for those who live according to the flesh, you are about to die. Death is imminent for you. That is, the judgment of God sits upon their heads right now. For those who live according to the flesh, the judgment of God sits upon their head right now and is only a heartbeat away from being eternal. An eternal judgment. To be a debtor to the flesh, to be a slave to sin, is never to be able to fulfill the law of God. It is a debt with the price of eminent death. That's why sin is a tyrant for a master. But Paul continues his thought in today's, in today's pericope when he says, If you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. So you see, there is only one kind of people that can mortify the body and then live. And it's not those who are debtors to the flesh under the law of God. There's only death there. But those that can mortify the deeds of the body, that can mortify the flesh and live, are only those who are debtors to God the Father by the Spirit. It's only the baptized that can do this. You are not in debt to God under the law. That price has been paid, and not cheaply. You have been bought with a price, with the very precious blood of Christ, who paid the price on the cross, who by his death earned your salvation, whose resurrection justified you. The debt to the flesh was paid by Christ, who became sin for us and mortified the flesh on the cross on our behalf. There is no more debt to the flesh. There is no more imminent death. There is no more need to fulfill the law of God for our salvation, because Christ 
who was perfectly dutiful to the Father in thanking, praising, serving, and obeying Him. Christ has given us His righteousness and has taken our sin with its price of death. You who are baptized have been baptized in the water, covered in His blood. You have been united to our Lord's death and to His resurrection. Now, in the waters of baptism and the Word, you are in Christ and able to put to death the deeds of the body and rise and live. Now, if you meditate on anything from Scripture this week, meditate on the wonder that this is. Every person who is a slave to sin is in debt to his flesh. Death hangs around their necks as they try to find life in their dead flesh. There's nothing they can do on their own. Death is imminent. And in and of themselves or in and of the world, there is no escape. But for you who have been baptized, the word of God is yours. The flesh and blood of Christ is yours. The struggle of those who are debtors to the flesh under the law, that's not your struggle. Because in the gift of baptism, by the Spirit and the word, You may put to death the deeds, the wicked fruit of the body, every day. That's not to say you transform your body. It's not to say you change your sinful flesh to something better. No, you may mortify, kill the flesh with its evil deeds every day under the power of baptism, and then rise up and live under the power of baptism. In baptism, you may die with Christ. The flesh, with all its evil fruit, dies. And in baptism, you rise with Christ anew with all the good fruit that produces. The whole world is indebted to the flesh. And there, there is death because they are only slaves to sin. But for you in baptism, who are able by the Spirit to put to death the deeds of the flesh, there is life, because you are more than slaves. You are sons of God who have been given this gift freely. It is a gift every day to be able to put to death the flesh and to rise up anew in Christ, to be able to put the flesh to death and rise again in Christ. This is yours. Every day this is yours by the grace of your Father. Imagine where you'd be without this gift, but with it, You get this blessing every day. And the difference between those indebted to the flesh and those indebted to God by the Spirit is found in these words of Christ. So every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Christ and Paul are saying the exact same thing today. And again, Paul says just what Christ said. He says, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. Again, slaves work under coercion, with their wills held captive and without hope. They serve and obey, but without thanks or praise, because thanks and praise don't exist under the bondage of fear. This is why you who are baptized are more than slaves. Slaves live in fear, but you live in thanks and praise. Slaves live under coercion of the law. You live under freedom in the gospel. You are led by the Spirit, but the Spirit doesn't lead by ropes and chains or bit and bridle. 
rather baptized into Christ, being remade in his image, being adopted as a son of God and having your will converted, you are led willingly in great love and hope, not in the spirit and fear of slavery, but in the spirit of sonship. Again, Christ says, a healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. A slave of sin cannot call God Father or cry to him as a son. He's in the spirit of fear, not in the spirit of adoption. But you who are baptized can't help but cry, Abba, Father, all the time. That's what we cry when we repent. It's what we cry when we face danger. It's what we cry out in praise and thanks while we serve and obey. It's, it's our good fruit to cry this out because it is now our very nature to cry this out because we're sons. And as sons, we can't help but cry out, Abba, Father. Yes, we are like slaves in that we are obliged in duty to sacrifice our whole selves, all our possessions, all our time to God our Father. In that way, Paul was right last week. We are like slaves. But unlike slaves, we cry out to God desiring to do these things for him. A slave does these things by coercion. A son does them willingly, crying out to the Father. Because baptized in his name, the Father's desires are now our desires. His will is now our will. As sons, we are more invested than a slave is. We're more devoted than a slave because we give all this freely and fully as sons to our Father. And so Paul ends the passage today saying, You have received the spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. In prayer, we bear witness to God that we are his sons by calling him Father. In and of ourselves, we couldn't say this. But through the Son, when we bear witness with the Spirit in prayer to God that we are his sons, with the Spirit testifying with us, he cannot turn away his ear. We have that sure and certain confidence. Christ says you can recognize the slave to sin and the Son of God by their fruits. And our Lord even warns, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness." That is to say, the way to tell a slave from an adopted divine son, to tell a bad tree from a good tree, is not seeing which one prophesies in the name of Jesus, or to see which one does exorcisms in the name of Jesus, or does miracles or works in the name of Jesus. Because even some of those who do such things in the name of Jesus will be told to depart in into death. No, the difference in fruit between the slave and the son, between the bad tree and the good tree. The difference in fruit, according to Christ, is this. The one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. That is, only those who are sons of the Father will enter the kingdom. Only those who cry out, Abba, Father, and Jesus is Lord, will enter the kingdom. Those who do the will of the Father are not those who are indebted to the flesh. Are not those under the law. Those who are sons of the Father are not slaves to sin. But we've been made sons in baptism. 
Our will has been formed in baptism in Christ to the Father's will. Our desire, from baptism, our desire is the Father's desire. And the Father's desire is this. You shall have no other gods. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, and so on. Now baptized, we desire to do these commandments, not because we are slaves who need saved, not because we are slaves who are trying to work for our freedom, but because we are sons who have been saved. We are sons who have been freed. And now freed and now justified and saved, we are indebted to the love the Father has shown us in his Son on the cross and the love that he has given to us by the Spirit from the cross. And the love of God and being made sons of God in baptism is also shown in this, where Paul says, If we are children of God, then we are heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. Baptized, we pray with confidence, knowing we are sons of God and knowing we will be heard as sons of God. We have confidence that we will be treated like sons of God, but understand what that means. To be a son of God in this world means we will pick up our crosses and be persecuted in following Christ. But, along with that, being sons of God before God means our flesh will be mortified and killed by the Spirit, and like Christ, we will rise again in the glory of the Father. We have confidence that we will be persecuted. We have confidence we will rise again in the glory of the Father with Christ. As sons, we pick up our crosses willingly because we know we are sons of God in Christ. This is what we owe the Father. We, he loved us and now we love him. We do it willingly. Willingly in the flesh and blood of Christ as we await his return as heirs to the new heavens and the new earth. Amen. Now may the peace of God which surpasses all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.
rest upon thee to deliver me when didst humble thyself to be born of a virgin and thou hadst overcome the sharpness of death thou didst open the kingdom of heaven to all believers thou sittest at the right hand of God mercy upon us. O Christ, have mercy upon us. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Grant to us, Lord, we beseech you, the Spirit to think and do always such things as are right, that we, who cannot do anything that is good without you, may by you be enabled to live according to your will. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, ever one God, world without end. Amen. Almighty and most merciful God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, we give you thanks for all your goodness and tender mercies, especially for the gift of your dear Son and for the revelation of your will and grace. And we beseech you so to implant your word in us that, in good and honest hearts, we may keep it and bring forth the fruits of faith by patient continuance and well-doing. Most heartily, we beseech you so to rule and govern your church Catholic, 
with all her pastors and ministers, that we may be preserved in the pure doctrine of your saving word, whereby faith toward you may be strengthened, love and charity increased in us toward all mankind, and your kingdom extended. Send forth laborers into your harvest, and sustain those whom you have sent, that the word of reconciliation may be proclaimed to all people, and the gospel preached in all the world. Grant health and prosperity to all who are in authority, especially to Joseph, our President, the Congress of these United States, Kim, our Governor, the Legislature of this State, and to all our judges and magistrates, and endue them with grace to rule after your good pleasure, to the maintenance of righteousness, and to the hindrance and punishment of wickedness, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. May it please you also to turn the hearts of our enemies and adversaries, that they may cease their enmity and hostilities, and be inclined to walk with us in meekness and in peace. All who are in trouble, want, sickness, anguish of labor, peril of death, or any other adversity, especially those who are in suffering for your name's sake, comfort, O God, with your Holy Spirit that they may receive and acknowledge their afflictions as the manifestation of your fatherly will. Especially do we pray for those that we name in our hearts at this time. Although we have deserved your righteous wrath and manifold punishments, yet we entreat you, O most merciful Father, Remember not the sins of our youth, nor our many transgressions. But out of your unspeakable goodness, grace, and mercy, defend us from all harm and danger of body and soul. Preserve us from false and pernicious doctrine, from war and bloodshed, from plague and pestilence, from all calamity by fire and water, from hail and tempest, from failure of harvest and from famine, from anguish of heart and despair of your mercy, and from an evil death. And in every time of trouble, show yourself a very present help, the Savior of all men, and especially of them that believe. Cause all needed fruits of the earth to prosper, that we may enjoy them in due season. Give success to the Christian training of the young, to all lawful occupations on land, sea, and air, and to all pure arts and useful knowledge, and crown them with your blessing. Receive, O God, our bodies and souls and all our talents, together with the offerings we bring before you. For by his blood your Son has purchased us to be your own, that we may live under him in his kingdom. As we are strangers and pilgrims on earth, help us by true faith and a godly life to prepare for the world to come, doing the work you have given us to do while it is day, before the night comes when no one can work. And when our last hour shall come, support us by your power and receive us into your everlasting kingdom. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day, defend us in the same with thy mighty power and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings, being ordered by thy governance, may be righteous in thy sight. Through Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee and the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. Amen. Let my mouth be filled with thy praise, 
and with thy honor all the day. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, Almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day, defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings, being ordered by thy governance, may be righteous in thy sight. Through the same Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee and the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. Amen. We give thanks unto thee, Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, thy dear Son, that thou hast protected us through the night from all danger and harm. And we beseech thee to preserve and keep us this day also from all sin and evil, that in all our thoughts, words, and deeds we may serve and please thee. Into thy hands we commend our bodies and our souls and all that is ours. Let thy holy angel have charge concerning us, that the wicked one have no power over us. Amen. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come unto thee. Bless we the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit, be with us all. Amen.